Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way, all the way. Oh, what fun! Oh, what fun it is! Wait, 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 wait! Stop, stop, stop! I thought we were doing it dramatic. No, no, we'll work on that. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a holly jolly edition of ARG presents. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, your secret Santa, Amigo Aaron. What'd you get me? Oh, you don't want to know, because I'm joined by the Krampus of this show. I give you the print. Yes, yes. Look at you, pretty creepy, eh? So, if you're one of the few special people that watched last week's show, we appreciate that, (laughs) y'all. We like both of you. We spin the wheel last week. We made a deal, a startling deal for a jolly event, because, bam, what came up? Bad arcade ports. It's bad. It's bad, brother. And it's ports. That's right. Now, listen, we had a special interpretation of this category, which we'll get into in a moment. But I want to talk about some just straight-up bad arcade ports here, Brent. Right. Now, we had uh, quite a, 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 a... plethora of options in the old bad arcade ports. Absolutely. Did you have anything that you near misses? Or what comes to your mind when you think what, of, of the all-time bad arcade ports? What do you think about? Pretty much everything. What does that mean? Because when you... Okay, I'm an arcade guy. I grew up in the arcades. I live on the arcades. Yeah. I, I play the arcades. Any, you are the arcades? I am arcade. <laughs> when you port something, yes, in the... Mo- like... Back in time, right? Yeah. Let's let's pretend it's nineteen eighty nine, right? And yeah. you're trying to port something from the arcade. You're trying to do the best you can to make it as arcade perfect as possible, right? It's never gonna happen. You're never gonna get it perfect. But in that moment, it's okay because it's the best you can do. It's the only way you can play these things, right? Yeah. Now, fast forward to present day. We can just play the arcade port. We can just play. We don't have to play a port. We I just play the people ar- with that, that stupid that, that, attitude. That, 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 All right, that. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So every port is inferior to the arcade unless they add something or 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 stretch it beyond what the arcade was doing. So for me, I, I, I have a really bad. I have a really bad time playing things that were meant for the arcade and brought to home systems. Yeah. So you know, there's tons of. Really bad ports out there, right? Donkey Kong Prime example. Yeah. There's so many really bad Donkey Kong yeah. ports. Yeah, and uh, it's unfortunate that uh, that you 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 dig and you sift through all the trash yeah. to try to find something that is really really bad that people don't know is bad. Yeah. And, you know, you come up with what we came up with this week. It's funny because you didn't really name any games during that diatribe. Ahead, so I, name some is games. Donkey Kong not a game? No, one game. What else you got? Well, I mean, OutRun. <clears throat> the, the, the OutRun on the Amiga is right at the very tippity yeah. top of that category. Someone already mentioned it in, in the chat. Uh, of course, a lot of times you get a bad port because the system you're porting to can't handle it, brother. Right. You know? Uh, and I'll, I'll I'll look at or something like people are trying to money grab. I'll look at something like Dragon's Lair. It's various incarnations where they weren't even ports. They didn't even try to port that. They just made up a whole new game. You know, you mean for like the NES? That's right. That's no, that right. wasn't a port. Or the or the Coleco. No, you but, know I mean, they're called I, Dragon's Lair. No, if you no, look no. at the box, it's got the Dragon's Lair stuff on it. Time out. A, Time out. I respect now. It, 
Dragon's Light on the NES was a disaster, but it was a disaster oh, for yeah. a lot of reasons. It looked pretty good, though. I have far more respect for that yeah. than I do for just trying to take what's in the arcade and put it onto a home system. Yeah. You know, we've got so. some people in the chat have chimed in on this one. Pac-Man on the uh, Atari. Of course, it's one of the all-time most hated ports, and it was god-awful. A Burger Time <clears> on the Atari. I see the Atari coming up a lot here. <laughs> Street Fighter Two on the ZX. I haven't played that one, but my God, I have to try that. I should also mention Altered Beast on the Amiga. The Amiga, that's a bad point. Action Fighter on pretty much everything. That's a horrible game in the arcade. So you can imagine how bad <laughs> all these now, other systems. Now, Aaron, I have a question for you. Yeah. What does it take to be a bad port? Is it that the graphics aren't good? Is it that the controls aren't good? Because those are all things that make just a bad game. Yeah. Right? For me, a bad port is you've taken what's in the arcade and you've missed the point. Yeah. Right? It might look like the game. It might sound like the game. It might have gameplay like the game. But the actual fun aesthetics, the fun parts of the game aren't there. You know You know what comes to mind when you say that? Remember when we covered the, uh, I think it was the Atari ST and I picked Slap Fight slash Alcon. There are many bad versions of that because they didn't get what made that game work. Right. The, the, how the game played. They could sort of get the, the the look of it and maybe even get the sound of it. But if you don't actually capture the feel of it, then you got nothing. Right. Game feel is a big deal. Yes. Uh, when it comes to this sort of thing. I agree. But a lot of times, uh, these ports are just... It's tough, especially back in the old days. It's not like now you couldn't port stuff. In the old days, you just had the the hardware limitations were off the charts. You know, sort of the on, graphics part of it, yes. Now, on the flip and side, same. I've seen some triumphant ports of games that you wouldn't have expected to do very well uh, on because they were cleverly done. Uh, lots of stuff on the ZX Spectrum comes to mind. That's a pretty limited system. So when you can pull out uh, some good games on there, you know, you're doing something. And I've seen some, I mean... I'll give you an example. Uh, 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 our good buddy Happy Coding did a nice port, of, like a, basically an asteroid port. Perfect. Perfect. It could be done. We've seen plenty of good racing games on there. It could be done. Uh, now, not everything's perfect. You know, some ga- and some genres are easier to port than others. I think, oh, yeah. I think, I think stuff like shmups are uh, an easier thing to port than, say, like certain platformers, for example. But, I mean, a lot of it just depends on what you're trying to do Again, and the amount of time you were given to do it, right? I, 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 yes, and that's a huge part of it. Again, though, a lot of a lot of times when they port uh, shoot-em-ups or uh, uh, high-score games, if you don't get the scoring right, right, that's, that's as bad as just messing up the graphics or the sound. Yeah. When the scoring is important... And really, I mean, they mess up dry, uh, uh, Donkey Kong in a lot of ways, but they almost always mess up the scoring. Even when it's a good port, they mess up the scoring. Let's talk about, just for instance, you brought up Donkey Kong, and we talked about the 2600 a lot. There's another aspect of bad ports when uh, their ports are purposely made to stink, which that's exactly what <laughs> happened to the Atari, because the ports, they were ported by Coleco, who did not want them to do well. And they yeah. didn't. They were hor- The Donkey Kong port... For the Intellivision and for the uh, Atari, we're not good. Correct. Now, that much said, I played the crap out of the Atari Donkey Kong because that's all I had. I played the crap out of the Atari Pac-Man. People whine about the Pac-Man. Is it the best port? No. But it is Pac-Man. It's not It's not the worst. It's not the dirt worst. 
I mean, it's okay. It it's it could have been a hundred times better. We've, the, yeah, you know, but I mean, it's not like it's the end all be all of bad of bad. Ports. That's that's where really the Pac Man port failed. Is it could have been better and it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. So with all that said, uh, the Brent, uh, we looked at uh, you know, we picked a couple bad ones out here. Or now let's get into how we handled this. I I didn't want to play something I'd played before. All right, so. Right. We I wanted to bring something new to the so table. I looked at some arcade games and also so I'm I'll lead the dances because I gotta give I gotta back mine up here I gotta explain something. <laughs> so as you can tell if you're listening at uh, at home and not watching we've got our Christmas hats we're in front of the snowy backdrop here because it's snowing outside here in West Virginia today. It is and I wanted to bring something sort of Christmassy to the table. All right, I told Brent I was like. So our Christmas episode, we didn't do Christmas games. We did bad arcade ports. So what my goals were, you know, I've got goals on the show now, just like last week, and that went great. And this week just went the same. So my goals were, number one, I wanted a game that was based in Christmas, right? Right. And number two, I wanted a game I hadn't played. <clears throat> and so I looked around the arcades for all the Christmas-based arcade games, right? Guess what? None. Uh-uh. There's a big zero. <laughs> and there's a reason for that, because those don't fly too good in the summer. That's right. You know, at camp. And so I thought, okay, what about levels in arcade games that have some Christmas in them? Well, there are at least one. Unfortunately, we covered it about a month Carnival. ago. Carnival. Carnival had a Christmas <laughs> level, but we couldn't, so that was out. So I was like, okay, what I'm going to do is no, I'm going to find something that's wintry and snowy. Because, like I said, snowing, right? <laughs> so, so you've taken Christmas and you've you've boiled it down to a weather condition yeah. in some parts of the world. That's right. And yeah, I will say, <laughs> uh, Christmas Day here in West Virginia, it's supposed to be white Christmas. We haven't had one for a while, so it's perfect. And so, and so, so, so if you're listening to this and you're in like California, yeah. or I don't know, like the Sahara Desert, yeah, does this. This makes no sense to no, you. No. But trust me, in Aaron's weird brain, Christmas equals snow. That's right. That's right. So I thought, okay, what are some snow arcade games? Right. Well, you got Snow Brothers, right? Yeah. Eh. You know, eh. and I looked, the ports of that were pretty good, actually. Uh, they looked good. I didn't play them. And I thought to myself, well, what do you got some like uh, snow skiing? Not going to do that. Then you got some like uh, uh, snowmobiling. I ain't doing that. I'm like, What's the one thing we got to do here? We got to get some. We got to get some Arctic penguins on the show. So the game because <laughs> nothing says nothing says Christmas like Arctic penguins. That's right. So the first game, thing that pops into my head, of course. The game I chose, of course, as my Christmas offering here is Pingo. Pingo, uh, 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 what I would consider a classic arcade game. I think you would consider it a classic arcade game. It is, game. yes. A, a great high now, school I'm game. I'm going to be looking at the port of this thing on the Atari VCS slash the Atari 2600 slash the Atari Telegames. Probably a, a, Atari Junior. It'll play the Atari 7800. There's a, there's a myriad of ways to play Pingo. But I want to get the arcade version a little bit before we get into the uh, actual uh, 2600 version. So... Arcade versus published uh, by uh, Sega Enterprises Limited, developed by Coraline Technology. Coraline Technology, I never heard of these guys, and I looked into them. They didn't do like a ton, to be, if I'm honest, but they, they were they were a thing. That's a first. That's a <gasps> number one first yeah. sign to a bad game. Yeah, release. Well, this is the, I'm talking about the arcade version right oh, now. Okay, okay. Uh, release at 82 in the arcade. Now this did get ported to multiple machines, but not as many as you'd think for a game that was as popular as Pingo. They had a 2600 version, a 5200 uh, version, an Atari 8-bit version, 
This got poured into the Blackberry, the Doja. I've never even heard of the Doja, have you? Make it a piece. The Game Gear and these Sharp Zaurus. When you've, when you've got two machines we've never heard of, you're doing something, brother. Um, this uh, game, now get this, Brent. This was this game was directed by Nobio Kadera, uh, who only has one other game credited to him, which is Return of the Invaders. Remember that one? No. Yeah, well, it was like a Space Invaders thing. I would Programmed imagine, yes. by Akira uh, Nakakuma, who worked on Return of the Invaders. He also did the art for Resident Evil Darkside Chronicles, so he had a career of some length. Yeah. And the designer of this game, uh, Sinjay Igai, never did anything else. This was it, brother. As far as I can tell, he never got any other credits, hey, according to Moby, anyway. One and done. I mean, yeah, but if you're going to go out, go out hard, brother. So, Pingo is a great game. Four-way joystick and a single button in the arcade. And so you are put in basically an ice block maze, all right? You're a pingo, you're a cute little penguin, and you are continuously hounded by these things called snow bees. They're very cute little deadly creatures. They're sort of like little blobs that kind of, they just kind of uh, scoot around the screen. The blobs can put, can smash ice, and yeah. their only goal is to get you, all right? That's what they do. They're snow bees. You know, bees. I wonder if they've got bees in the Arctic. I'm guessing not. Maybe they, I don't know. I'm assuming these aren't real. But anyway. No, I wouldn't imagine. Can you imagine you go to the Arctic and there's little blobs are walking around? Oh, yeah, so, they're like penguins. Anyway, they chase Pingo around the screen. Pingo is a little penguin, but he has powers. He can also smash ice blocks uh, when they're sm- t- stacked against each other or against a special block. He can also shove ice blocks. And when he does that, he can actually, they'll scoot across the screen because they're ice, get it? Yeah. And they'll, and if you line it up right, they can smash the snow bees with it. There are three special chunks of ice on the screen. These are like the diamond ice. You get These things can't be smashed. And if you get all three of them lined up, the screen goes bananas. You get a point bonus, and all the snow bees get knocked out. You can go over, run over well, them, or they're smash stunned. them. Yeah. They're stunned. Yeah. yeah, and you can go over and get them. Uh, one of the other things this game has is a border that runs around the screen. If you're up against the wall and a snow bee's up against the wall or a bunch of snow bees, you can shake that wall, and when you do that, it stuns the snow bees for a little while, and then you can shove a piece of ice up on them or you can, or you can just run over them and, yeah. t- and take them out. Uh, if there's a time limit in this game, the, more, the quicker you finish a level and kill all the snow bees, the, or, or uh, I mean, you have to kill all the snow bees anyway it goes, the quicker you do that, the more bonus you get when the scoring comes in. And if you take too long, the snow bee just gets bored, and he leaves. He runs out the door. Yeah. Uh, and then you don't, get the, you don't get any bonus points if that happens. Every three uh, rounds, you get a cute little like uh, uh, rest, rest screen where it gives you like a summary of what you did in the last three screens. And a whole slew of pingas come out, and they do this dance, and they shake their little butts. It's real cute. Uh, that all, whenever that happens, I do it with them. I get, I get a little funky shake. It's because it's fun. They've got a couple of different dances they do with the little wings. They're multicolored. Yeah, yeah. This is a great, cute game. Yeah. But and uh, and as you play the arcade, you're also going to has some really good sound. It's got music and uh, uh, sound effects in the arcade. Now, depending on the machine you get, will depend on the sound. Because originally, this thing shipped with a song called Popcorn. Yes. Boop, 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 boop. Remember that one? Yep. Do, do, do. But I think they got in legal trouble with popcorn. And so they ended up getting this other song 
It's like the Pingo theme now. Yeah. Both songs good. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong. And I've seen both in the arcade. Yeah. All right. And I think there's ROM sets for each song. So uh, this great music, great sound effects, really nice, pleasant graphics, very cute. Makes one fun game. Now, when this thing got released, uh, it did quite well, uh, the brand. In Japan, uh, the Games Machine magazine charts listed Pingo as the fourth highest-grossing arcade game of 1982. Let me tell you something. That's 1982, brother. That's not like 1997. This is 82, when all the great games were out. And this was the fourth highest-grossing game. Game Machine also listed Pingo in their June 83 issue as the 15th top-grossing table arcade game of the month. That was 83, so it was still making some money. In North America, according to Wiki, it was, uh, or according to Game Machine, it was a commercial arcade success for uh, Sega. It sold an estimated 2,000 arcade categories. That actually seems low to me, but 2,000, I guess well, that's it's a lot. A different, it's, yeah, it's a different you know, measuring stick. So uh, this game went on to appear. They made a, a Pingo appeared in another game. In fact, we actually played a Pingo game a long time ago on, a, on another machine. Uh, Penguin Cun Wars. That's right. Uh, so he did come back around. He is sort of a beloved character. Uh, I don't know what they've done with him recently, but he's still a pretty cool. He's still a cute little guy. People love him. People remember him. He's awesome. He's Pingo. Now, that was the arcade version. Let's get to the actual uh, version we're looking at here. So on the 2600, uh, Pingo was a, whole, a little bit different in his appearance and the way things work, but not. it wasn't really like a huge difference. Uh, uh, when it was ported over. So uh, this was ported to the Atari by Coraline Technology. Now remember, now, 20, this is the 2600. This is the 2600 version. Yeah. Coraline, of course, they also were the, the, the original, so you'd think they do a good job. I looked at what Coraline had done, and almost, I looked at all the stuff, and a lot of it I sort of recognized. It was like your Dragon Ball Z stuff, but all of it was in Japan. I don't think, I don't know if they've ever released a single thing in the States uh, uh, aside from this. Uh, if they have, I mean, there could have been a Dragon Ball Z or something that got ported over, but I don't know about it. Uh, the uh, the Atari 2600 version, let's talk about what the Atari brings to the table. Uh, Pingo was a good-looking game in 82, and the graphics and sound, everything, you're not going to match that on a home port. No. Not, there was not a machine around that could do what, what make it look right. No chance. Okay? Correct. So... What they did was, and this was, uh, we'll say the guys that worked on this, what, what, the programmer was a guy named Mark Hahn. Uh, Mark Hahn actually did some stuff I've heard of. He did a game called Guided Missiles. He did a game called Alter Ego, which I've heard of. And he also programmed uh, Marvel Superheroes Hero Squad Online, with a more recent title. And the sound in this was done by two fellas, Andrew Fouche, who worked on uh, the Atari 2600 version of Millipede, Stargate, Centipede, and Obliques. And Jeff Guzman, who worked on Chicken Shift and Obliques. And the graphics were uh, Courtney Graner, who worked on Gremlins, which is good, Rogue, and World Games. So these are some people that had worked on some titles Correct. Uh, when they put this out. Now, in the arcade, Pingo is a cute little penguin, all right? In the Atari 2600 version, this, he looks more like a... I don't know what you... I mean, he's orange. He's like a... a I guess he's sort of penguin-like or maybe... Canary-like? No, I think he, I think you know, he looks like He's a orange. That's weird. Yeah, of course, that, you've got a weird palette. The snow bees in the arcade, their color changes depending on what, how hard or difficult they are. And as far as I can tell, as I played, I played this quite a bit. They're always <laughs> no, yellow. They're always in yellow this. in this, yeah. Uh, in this, uh, in the arcade version, when the screen comes up, 
you get this like a little mini theme as it, the thing arranges the ice maze on the screen. It doesn't happen on the Atari. And the uh, uh, walls and stuff, none of this stuff looks like ice. They're not colored like ice. They just look like blocks. So when you look at a, this game without knowing what it is, it almost looks like a matching game because you've got large grids of, of block, colored blocks. It's very strange. All right. In the arcade, the ice, the diamond ice are represented in a special chunk of ice that looks like a diamond in it. In the 2600 version, the ice uh, diamonds are represented by flashing squares inside of the other squares. Yeah. But you can tell them. I will say that. You can actually oh, yeah. tell them. Yeah. One thing that this does that a lot of home ports don't do, and it drives me nuts, is this one has a border that you can actually shake yeah. and stun the snow bees. Yes. Listen, I've played ports of this that didn't have that. If you don't have that, you're boned. So I'm going to give them credit on that uh, because that's there. It's important to be here. Uh, you, this game has no uh, intermissions. It has no dancing penguins. Yeah, no cutscenes. None of that at no. all. Uh, and it's pretty much as basic as again. Well, that, well, that said, and having not played this before, uh, and looking at it, I thought to myself, this is going to be an abomination. But in actuality, uh, and I hate to say this on bad arcade, it's not the worst. It's not the worst. Now, there is one aspect of it that makes it the worst. It, but the gameplay isn't that. The one aspect that makes this the worst is the... And it's got sound effects and music. We'll give it that, too. Yep. But the music in this is straight from the bowels of Hades. Yeah. It plays the opening uh, uh, the opening bars of the Pingo theme in perpetuity for and throughout his... It never stops. Yeah. It never stops playing it. So you get... Over and over. Just the two bars of music... It never stops. It's a really bad loop. Even in the arcade, even if you don't like popcorn or the Pingo theme, it's broken up by when the maze builds as a little theme, the intermissions have a little theme, and they're and after you beat the level, there's a theme. Yes. So there's multiple themes to keep it from you wanting to kill yourself. And plus, the Pingo theme in the arcade goes on for more than like three measures. Yeah. It's a full theme, brother. This Pingo theme is murderous. It's very much like Manic Miner's theme. Uh, but but you could turn that off. Uh, this thing drove me batty, and I couldn't stand it. Uh, and that made the game a very bad arcade port. This was a very poor decision. And the sad thing is me and Boat all the time are killing people for not having games with sound effects and music. And by the way, Amiga, the Atari 2600 did it, FYI. So I don't know what your problem is. Uh, and the Atari ST. And the, I mean, even the, the ZX could do it, but the, for some reason, the mighty 16-bits had problems with it. But anyway, sometimes I, I have to chastise them for that, and I'm going to here. With all that said, uh, uh, the, the gameplay is there. The, uh, 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 the fun of the arcade is sort of there. Oh, I should also mention the other caveat. The controls on this are not the best. You will have, I had all oh, kinds really? of trouble. Yeah, I had all kinds of trouble when, t- when the going got tough. My pingo got hung up, and there's a reason for that, and, uh, and I think the reason is that pingo is a four-way joystick game, right. and it's the whole concept of it with blocks is built around a four-way joystick, and so when you don't have that aspect of the game, it really is uh, causes trouble, and it, and it really caused me trouble uh, on this game. Now, with all that said, Brent, what did you think of Pingo? First in the arcade, and then on the twenty six hundred. Well, in the arcade, this was a this was a fun high score game. 
because it gave you multiple avenues for which to achieve that high score. Uh, you could go with matching up the diamonds. You could go with a, a speed aspect of the game. Um, or you could go with squashing multiple enemies with one chunk of ice. The more enemies you stack up, uh, the more points you get for that squash. It made for a, a game that had a, a lot of strategy for a very simple concept of moving blocks around. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> was Pingo one of my arcade favorites? No. Yeah, I always liked it more than you. I will uh, say that. But it's not because I think Pingo is a bad game. I think Pingo is an excellent game. Um, I just, uh, uh, you know, for whatever reason, didn't gravitate towards it like some others. Uh, Pingo for the Atari 2600 is a hidden gem. This game was so fantastic. It blew my freaking mind. When you have, what does it take to get, to make a good arcade port? Like I said in the beginning, you have to have the essence of the arcade version, and this has everything. It show in Pingo, you only have three enemies on the screen at one time. And that's the same in the arcade. And when you uh, have in later boards, there are still more than three enemies, but they when hatch. You, you kill one and it hatches out of an ice block. And in the arcade, it shows you which blocks that the the, the snow bees are going to hatch from. And you can actually kill them before they even hatch. The Atari version has that. It does. It unbelievable. Does. It does, yeah. It's unbelievable that, that they put that aspect into the Atari port. Blew my mind. Yeah. Blew my mind. Yeah. I could not believe that they had that in there. Uh, shaking the borders they've got. Uh, everything is super well representative. Uh, the the uh, uh, block pushing felt fast. It felt responsive. The, the uh, uh, snow bees have just a tinge of AI, it's not nearly as, as solid as it is in the arcade. Also, they don't, even in the super later levels, I played to like wave 18 or 19. Yeah. I was killing it. It's not super hard uh, it, it, on the, the lowest <coughs> Yeah, the, the Snow Bees are not quite fast enough. Uh, and like I said, the arcade ones are a little bit smarter in trapping you down, but the Atari version is, is certainly adequate. Um, what else? They have multiple starting grids for the ice, just like the arcade version. Uh, this is literally, you know, when I picked for funniest games, I picked Battle Chess, yeah, and I got ridiculed and hated. Brother, you are getting ridiculed and hated for picking this for worst arcade what? ports. Shut up. Let me speak. This was fantastic in every aspect except the sound. Mute that baby. Throw on some popcorn in the background. This is unbelievably good. Well, I, 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 let me put it this way. I, it was a game I haven't played, to be fair. So in our version of Bad Arcade Ports, there's a question mark at the end. Bad Arcade Ports? Maybe. No, no. I didn't know. I never yeah, played it. This game was not bad. Well, I mean, it did have the, a lot of bad elements. No, though. it didn't. It did. It, the what? sound was horrible. Okay, the sound. The control was suspect. The controls were absolutely precise and uh, fine. I, don't, I, I don't played know. this with the joystick, 
and I played it with the keyboard. It'd be better with the keyboard. And in both instances, in both instances, I never had problems. He walks on a grid because, just like the arcade version, yeah. it's a grid. It's, it's a grid it's of a ice. It's a way stick in the arcade. <clears throat> it makes a difference. But uh, listen, no, I, no, no. That's you. But that's I play, you I, having I, a problem. I played the arcade version, so I'm more intimate with it than you are. You're not oh, you're so it. full of and crap. Se- secondly... I mean, so there's that. You there's, failed. It's so easier. Let's just move on. It's, e- it's way easier than it the arcade. It is easier. The, lining up the diamonds is tough in the arcade, real tough. And this is way, way simpler uh, so to, to line them up, in my opinion. Depending now, on the stage. Listen, I'm willing to say that this was a pretty decent port. This was a All right, absolute. I'm willing to say it. But again, you, gotta, you can't give me the business. Holy it was an unknown. Cow. It was an unknown port. That's I know. what we call research, Aaron. No, you don't that research it. Research. It's a brand new game. Listen. You have your way, and I've got mine. Yeah. My way's better, by the way. And let me tell you something. You un you spit it out by the by the unbelievableness. Misunderstood the assignment. Found a, an Atari Twenty Six Hundred hidden gem. If you like Pingo and you like ports, you have got to play this. It is so fantastic. It. Feels like the arcade game. It's amazing. It's not bad. Oh and, my gosh, it's so but good. But I will say, if you'll allow me to, to finish up here. Yeah. I yeah. did. Save I did. it, Aaron. I, Save oh, it. Oh no, I'm just going to call it like I see it. I got some reviews in these. A lot of these are more modern reviews. Right. Uh, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention them. Uh, the Woodgrain Wonderland uh, website gives this a 100%. <laughs> uh, they say this is a, a near perfect. <laughs> complete with delightful graphics and a catchy tune that can be turned off. You can't turn it off all the way if you go through the thing. Uh, and it's, but it's, uh, I don't know about 100%, no. Uh, the Atari, oh, it's a high nine. The Atari Times yeah, from 2002, 76. No, I'm, no. Uh, uh, the uh, video game critic from 2000 gave this a 67. Uh, and the retro archives from 2019, a 50, a 50%. Out of? At 100 how do you know that's out of 100? What do you mean? Because I've translated the article and read it. That's well, how. that person's an idiot. Well, I mean, listen, we go to bag on the retro archive. Those guys are great. Well, guess what? That score is wrong. Let's uh, they say that this is a a 50 out of 100 game is insane. This is literally the best port of Pingo I have ever played. So we're going to look at the reviews. We actually got several reviews this week. I couldn't believe it. Uh, well, a couple. No, we got a couple, but that's several. No. But Jocko chimed in no, <laughs> on the uh, Pingo. He says, this is, a very, uh, this is a fairly admirable effort considering the limitations of the system. It plays fairly similar to the arcade. It's a little easier. The graphics are recognizable for what they are. Whilst... There is naturally a loss of detail. They are well animated. Everything moves at a reasonable pace, and it's pretty playable. But holy cow, that game music loop is enough to drive even Bob Ross over the edge, and it isn't even popcorn, which may have been due to licensing issues even back then. However, given that uh, back when this game came out, this would have been your only way to play Pingo, and I don't think you would have been disappointed. Actually, not that bad, so I give it a rating of 3 out of 10. I (laughs) can't. He buried it. Is what no, he's saying. I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> Everything's great with the music. Three out of ten. Our own John. You need to talk to that guy that gave it a fifty out of a hundred. Our own John Bodekar Schaller chimed in. Rare uh, 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 chime here. He says, "Pingo will always hold a special place in my heart since it's the first time I ever played a game through Mame." Listen oh, to that. There you go. The Atari Twenty Six Hundred Port is a triumph. Yeah. The penguin enemies are pleasantly rendered. 
There's a mini cutscene that plays in between lives. Eh. There's some music. Uh, there, there's some music. Some is all you can hope for in 2600. And what is there is not offensive. I disagree with that. If you would have, yeah, totally uh, if it would have been better if the penguin was colored, well, not red or orange. But as Aaron always says, Pingo only bird in Game of Ice. I've never said that. Nine <laughs> out of ten. John Bodecar. Now here's the real shocker for this. I looked this up on the eBay brand. Yes. <clears throat> and I looked at these prices and I laughed. Boy, did I laugh because I thought they were garbage. But get this. Uh, I look. These are sold prices just for the cart. Okay. Forty. This is the cart, not the box. Yep. Forty-four bucks, twelve bucks, thirty-eight bucks, and twenty-eight bucks. Cart and manual, fifty dollars, forty-four dollars, and forty-two dollars. Complete in box was a sold, sold copy. Complete box, one hundred eighty-seven bucks. This is apparently yep. a rare game. I think I own this one, by the way. Time to make some sweet wad uh, on the side, uh, Brent. By selling this thing off. Well, let me tell you something. I don't think this game is worth 150 bucks. But if 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 I wanted to play some Atari Pingo, I could easily spe- see spending 30 bucks for this. Listen, because the game is so good, you're going to be replaying this thing until the end of time. If you want Pingo action, fair, you can just keep playing on your first man until the end of time. Well, that said, listen, I know. I know when the ball has been partially dropped a little bit. Partially dropped. Right. This is not a, a bad port. It's not my fault. No, it's not I looked a bad at something port. that looked horrible and thought it would suck. What are you gonna do? I'm not like you. I try to be spontaneous and also meet a Christmas theme. You try meeting a Christmas theme in this category, not easy. I call this a triumph for your good buddy Santa A. Now, with all that said, Brent, it's time for you to chime in with your super duper pick. That's gonna be so awesome. What do you got? I went down a similar path that, from you. Yeah, but I, but I did at least a little research. No. <clears throat> um, I found people that that said the game that I picked was the worst NES game of all time. All right. Now that person's wrong by a I long can tell you right shot. Now, if I never even played this, that's crap. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because we played some dogs back in the day when you used to rent cartridges. I, I mean, they were straight up dogs. As long even as the pack in we got wasn't that good. That running game? That's oh, you're talking about yeah, you're talking yeah, the yeah. power pack game. Yeah, that's right. Well, that doesn't really count. That was it wasn't like that was the only pack in. It was also Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. Those were better. Well, they were. Yeah, yeah, they were. But I picked seven twenty. Seven twenty, of course. Somewhere Rob Flacco here is smiling. He owned one of these. Uh, I would love to ha- to own this in the arcade. For those who are uninitiated. Let me give you a quick rundown of what 720 was in the arcade. Uh, this is a game made by Atari Games. Uh, was is considered among, if not the first, of the extreme sports games to get an, a, a game made off of it. Um, the other one in contention is a BMX racing game. Yeah, and their debate there is. Because they came out about the same time. Yeah. The debate there is, is BMX racing considered an extreme sport? What about surfing? Is that not an extreme sport? I don't know, man. Well, I mean, because you had that, too. I don't know what year uh, California <coughs> Games came out, but it's got to be earlier than this. Well, this. This was released in the arcade in 1988. Yeah. It got ported to an amazing amount of systems. Yeah. Let me run them down real quick. The Amstrad, CPC, the Commodore 64, the NES... 
the ZX Spectrum, the Game Boy Color, the PlayStation 2, the GameCube, the Xbox, Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 3, and the Xbox 360. Man, a lot of, a lot of ports, especially with something with this goofy controller as this had. So this is a well-represented uh, a game out there on your consoles and computers. But what made the arcade version so special for those who have never played it is the joystick for this game was fully rotational. It was imagine a, a joystick straight up in the air. Now tilt it forty five degrees, and instead of actually moving like up, down, left, right, it spins in a circle. <coughs> and this does two things. It. What are you thumbing down? The controls stink. The arcade controls. I never liked them. Sorry. I don't like him. Well, now you know Aaron's opinion is no longer valid for Ugh. anything he says on this game. Um, the reason why the controller was like this is you could, when you jumped into the air or when you went off the ramp, you could really spin that thing and get it back into position to and to pull off 360s and 720 spins and that sort of stuff. 900s if you're crazy. It's a unique, unique, no other game that I'm aware of ever used this joystick. No. They and, learned their lesson. And it, what are you talking about, Aaron? This was an incredibly popular game. Yeah, but the joystick was incredibly difficult to keep working. What? No, well, whatever. The The point here is uh, the uniqueness of the stick is really 50% of the gameplay. The other 50% of the gameplay, the, game, the part that's actually on the screen, you are a skateboarder who is traveling through a city slash skate park, and you have to compete in four different events. Those events are ramp, and what ramp is, is when you are uh, 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 going through a half-pipe structure, and you, what, what most people would think of as skateboarding, you go down into a half-pipe, you jump, you spin, you hold on, you do grabs, and then you go back down, slide through the half pipe, go back up the other side. Your typical like sort California of... California game. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the next event is downhill. This is a long course consisting of slopes and banks. And it, you always are going down, obviously. And it has corners that don't have any ramp structure. So you have to kind of jump from one uh, platform, sort of, to another to get down this course. Uh, the third possible event is slalom. Uh, this is a downhill course that is one solid piece, but you have flags that you have to maneuver through. As you go through the flags, your time remaining increases. So if you start missing flags, you're just going to run out of time. And finally, uh, you've got jump. What jump is, is a, a straight downhill course where you have large jumps with ramps to help you propel off of them and you uh, are trying to aim for a diamond on the bottom of your jump and of course you're doing all your spinning and crazy stuff in the way. Uh, those are your four events. On top of those events you can buy equipment for your skater. You can buy helmets, shoes, boards, and pads, and they, it's almost like an RPG element. The, the equipment 
makes you be able to do more stuff. For example, shoes allow you to jump higher and accelerate faster. Your boards give you uh, a new skateboard gives you a higher top speed. The pads, if you fall down, it allows you to get up quicker. And the helmet <clears throat> allows you to spin faster. I don't know. Just go with it. So uh, Maybe there's a propeller <coughs> on it. So you have four stores in this big overworld map, and you have four events in this. <laughs> and the overall map is, is like a city map, and it's got different skate park elements and whatnot in it. You can't just hang out in this hub world. Eventually, you're going to get a message that says skate or die, which is ominous to say the least. But when that happens, they release killer bees. and <laughs> Another set of bees. It's funny that both our games feature killer bees. And these bees will start chasing you down. You've got a little bit of time when the bees first come out to outrun them. But eventually the game says, listen, you've screwed around for too long. You're dead. And the bees will just swarm you and kill you. The reason why you would spend more time in this hub world than you might want to is you have to earn points. You earn points during the events, but if you go into an event and you don't do well, then you have to uh, uh, jump around and do things in the overworld map to try to earn enough points to gain tickets to go to the event. Also, you can collect money in the overworld that's just kind of floating around uh, to buy equipment with. And you also get money for doing well in, the, in each event. So, you've got all this craziness going on. Now, remember, this is an arcade game. Yeah. Uh, they're expecting you, first of all, to figure all this out, which it's asking a lot. Even when this game came out in, what was it, 1986, a very detailed, a very uh, uh, surprisingly deep game for the arcade. <clears throat> yes, I would agree with that. So, you've got all that. You've got this incredibly unique controller. Also, the, the cabinet for this game, the... Above the screen looks like this huge boom box, yeah. which is just awesome. It is a cool cabinet. It's one of the best cabinets I've ever seen. Yeah. How do you take all that, Aaron, and, and squeeze it into a teeny tiny little NES cart? Well, they did okay. Um, all of the key elements of the game are there. You, you, you have all the events... You have all the equipment, but they missed the point. Uh, in the arcade, you, you don't just point a direction and go. You've got to kick your foot, just like a real skateboard. And <clears throat> it propels you, and then you when you jump, because you've got a jump button, right? You've got that big stick that you're rotating around, and you've got to get it right back to where it was in the beginning, or you're going to fall down, you're going to waste time. Well, on the NES port, and really all the home systems, that's mm -hmm. not a thing you can do, right? You can't, you can't replicate that thing because you've got a D-pad. And a D-pad is super easy to go from left, a 360 and going left, to end up going left-pointed again. In this big arcade 720 stick, 
you can't do that. It you it, it it's all about feel. You have to really get used to it. It also the NES point port is missing <clears throat> elements of the game, uh, or some some elements are completely removed, and some elements are are drastically reduced. For an example, I played this for hours, hours. And through my entire time of play, I found one dollar bill floating around on the street. I never and, saw any. I can't and, believe it. And I actively looked for this because in the arcade, it is a ma- I mean, it's not a major point of the game, but it's a major point of the overworld because you see this money and it's fluttering in the wind and instinctively you want to get it. Even if it's not... I mean, yes, it, it eventually will help you buy gear, but you're not buying gear by picking up money. You got to do well in the events to, to get gear. But you you gravitate towards it and you want to pick it up. It's an aspect of the game that doesn't seem important, but it is because distracting you on the overworld is a big deal. Another thing this game completely lacks is jump pads. In the arcade, if you scroll over or you ride over a part in the sidewalk and it's almost on every corner of every sidewalk, you get this huge jump boost up into the air. <clears throat> and it's fun because if you just need a few more points to get your next ticket to go to your next event and you hit that those huge jump points, you can really crank that controller super hard, super fast, get a lot of points. In this game, it just completely lacks that element. This The overworld maps are also incredibly barren, or in the arcade version, you got a comparison of that. I you do. flip up there, Aaron. <clears throat> the arcade version is full of, of life and people doing activities and cars and everything. <clears throat> and while the NES version does have this, it's in such small uh, 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 comparison it's so small in comparison that it makes it not as much fun because you can knock these people down. You've got all these futuristic cars in the arcade version, and each map, after you complete all four events, you go to the next map. Each map is feels different, where on the NES version, it really just changes color. Uh, the geometry on the NES version, when you go, when you're going around the overworld and you go try to go up a ramp, You'll sometimes just hit the ramp like a brick wall. Uh, like the game can't figure out what it's supposed to do. Um, and that it totally pulls you out of the game when that happens. So it's not so much that the NES version is bad. It's not bad. It has flaws. Major flaws. Glitchy is all get out. I don't know if you experienced the glitches or not, Aaron. I would get stuck in walls. I would uh, fall down in a way that every time I got up, I would just get in a loop. And every little time, it would inch me out just a little bit yes. farther. Until it made a noise, too. When it did that. <clears throat> until eventually it would poke me out. But yeah. I mean, that your game's ruined at that point. Um, it has all the elements, but it just doesn't have the feel. Aaron, what did you think about this one? <sighs> This is a weird one for me because I, I did not like this arcade game at all. And you know I love it. I didn't it. like the joystick. Yeah. Now, it's funny thing is, I love Atari stuff from this era. And this has that sort of paper boyish 
Uh, I mean, listen, the graphics of this are nice. I like the concept of it, frankly. Absolutely. Going around. I mean, the arcade, I didn't like it so much because I can never get I always had trouble finding where to go. Because <laughs> you know, in the arcade, this game plays, it's funny, this is more of a, a console game in the arcade than vice versa. Yes. Absolutely, I agree. it played like a console game. You really sort of had to take some time to get around. Yeah. To figure out how, where you're going and stuff. Uh, I always had trouble controlling the guy in the arcade. I, I didn't like I said the controller. Not only did I didn't like it, but it also was often jacked up because it, it's this game has a rep of having one of the most difficult to maintain controllers of all time. Yeah, yeah it was. And so often in the arcade, it would be jacked up. But even when it was working great, I still wasn't very good at it. I just wasn't good at it. And the game is hard in the arcade. It, it's real hard. Yes. So I and it, but I mean, it's got a great aesthetic. I like the theme. I like the cabinet. It was great. Yes. So when this came up. I was like, man, this must be a real dog if Rip picked this. And so I was real surprised. Now, don't get me wrong. The first thing I did in this game was take off of my skateboard, jump right in the water, and did it over and over about 30 times. Because the controls are goofy. Yeah. I mean, they, and they never, I never got good enough with the controls to be competent. So and inevitably, I was doing, uh, uh, I was jumping into the water. I was jumping off. I was going the wrong way. And just when I thought I had the controls down, I would go to like an event that required some pinpoint accuracy and I would suck. So I the controls on this are but the problem is the game in the arcade, the controls, the wacky controller was like nine tenths of the game was yeah. involved in that controller. So to bring this thing home, they sort of had to make the controls stupid, and they did. And so it's a game that you're gonna have to sit down with and play. I mean, I've seen people play this that are really good at it, but that person ain't me. With all that said, uh, this is not a bad arcade port at all. This is actually a good arcade port. It's a great arcade port. It's got a lot. It's got all the bare necessities of 720, you know, including the buying stuff. It's got all the little. It's got all the uh, the events. Uh, the overall thing works way better here than it does in the arcade. Now, it doesn't look better. It doesn't play better. But at home, you've got to, it gives you more time. In the arcade, those bees seem like they're on your lickety split. I mean, you know I'm right. Yeah. How know. many games did you play where you just got bead? I mean, the bees are. I mean, and I thought to myself, well, that's another thing I hate about the arcade. The bees were always up in your business, and you're so, and you're trying to find your way around this big world. You don't need bees on you, and so the one of the reasons I didn't play this that much was that I didn't want to waste my money and die before I actually got to do anything. And the, the added bonus is if you don't play this game a lot and, you're, and you don't get to see the events a lot, you stink at the events when you finally make it there because yeah. you haven't got much practice. I did better at the events on this than I've ever done in the arcade, and that's with the goofy controls. I mean, this game isn't as colorful. The engine's not as good. I mean, and it wasn't going to be. But for, for in my opinion, all right, and also, I like the music too. It was it was like that moniker stuff, but it's got that a punk feel to it. You know, it's, it sounds like it, something you'd hear in the early eighties. It, it wasn't it wasn't Pingo bad for sure. No, I mean I thought it was okay. It was but I mean, it was just generic tones, but yeah. the actual arrangements were fine. Uh, the uh, the events I was better at some than others. You know, I've never been good at this game, and so I continued that trend. But I mean, for the most part. And I'm not just saying this because you liked my game, because you know I don't like 720. You knew that when you picked this. Yeah. So I have no love for the game, but i got to call a spade a spade. I thought this port was great. I really did. I thought it was, I mean, once you get past 
the God-forsaken controls. And they're, they're the words. Which, which that's hard to do. Well, but, that, <laughs> but that's the rub, right? Because, I mean, well, take the controls out of it for a second. Okay. And look at everything else. Right? The game's fine. It's a, it's a totally, like, if you got this as a kid, you'd be, lo- you'd be loving life. I would be like, man, I can play this at home. It's plenty like the arcade, so you're not really having to use your imagination, but you've got to master the controls, and that's the game. It was the game in the arcade, and it's the game here. They just did the best they could to translate the biggest element of the arcade to the home system. So would I want to sit around playing this day after day? God, no. But as far as ports go, this was, I was expecting much worse on the NES. Uh, I'll be honest. I was expecting worse as well. Yeah. Um, I don't think this is a good game. Where The difference between our game and our two games is... I think your version of Pingo is a good game. I think all the aspects of a good game are there. I don't think 720 on the NES is a good game. And the main reason why is, uh, even if you totally disregard 720 in the arcade, right? That's not even, we're, not, we're pretending that doesn't exist. Uh, the controls for this are, are not good. And the uh, uh, level of glitch for this is far and beyond what I would expect for an NES game. It wasn't polished, but it's still the po- it was a valiant effort, is <clears throat> all I'm saying. You agree. Right. And, and by right, I think this on its own, on its own, not compared to the arcade, I think this is a a, a five out of ten game. And what are the other big skateboarding games on the NES? There's that the surf shop one. Yeah, the skater uh, die. And, and skater die. And this is I mean, I think this is as good as either one of those. No. I don't I no. was I'm not real fond of either one of those either, no. if I'm honest. No, no. Skater die is way better than this. It's con- it's intre- incredibly better. They're very similar. Um uh so as a standalone game, I think this is about a five out of ten. As a port of seven twenty, I'm going to knock it down at least one to say it's about a four out of ten. But but we, I, I mean, you got a failing grade. I at best got a D minus on the topic of fine horrible arcade ports. We both did poorly. Listen, I love how you gave me the business, and you knew good and well that your port wasn't crap. Well, let's see. So some things that uh, um, the who aren't us said about this. You've got your fours out of tens. You've got your two uh, uh, two out of ten. Your one out of five. You've got a three point six out of five and a three out of five. So <coughs> nowhere in the world did this really burn up the uh, uh, charts. For a game for the NES. Let's see what our uh, listeners had to say here. We got a, uh, a another review in from Jocko who writes, Another disappointingly good conversion for terrible arcade ports this week. Again, considering the technical limitations of the NES, this game manages to cram a good chunk of the arcade game into it and is playable and smooth. It's missing the kick button, which seems odd given the NES had two buttons, but it still works. But on the down, yeah. I forgot about that. No, yeah, that is odd. But on the downside, the graphics are very basic it. with a lot of the fun ramp shapes replaced with dull slopes. The music isn't as hip as the arcade original, and there are some How bad sprite collisions in places. However, uh, had I been an, an NES-owning kid and this was uh, in my stocking for Christmas, I think I would have been quite happy. Yeah, I would have. Certainly too. a lot happier than a specky-owning child. Uh, 
actually was who paid seven twenty, who played uh, paid for seven twenty with Christmas money and was disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> this had this game had a lot of bad ports, worse yeah. than this one. Another yeah, goodish game. And this one gets a terrible rating of two out of ten. Yeah, John Boat of Carshaller chimed in. I must be among the minority that thinks 720 in its arcade original form is not a very fun game. Bam! You guys are Boat. insane! Me and Boat in lockstep. I dislike the 360-degree controller. Bam! And I think the events are uninspiring. The graphics and the ramp level speech are no backgrounds, which is unacceptable for an arcade game of this era. The music is the only saving grace, and I think it manages to sound menacing in that rebellious teenager kind of way. The NES, the NES port managed to bring the non-fun home in a pretty successful way. That's brutal. The music is there. The overworld, the bees, and all the events, I think, are present. The only thing that's missing is the kick button, which I never really missed. I miss it. The arcade game is a 5 out of 10, and the home port is a 4 out of 10, due to the absence of the admittedly awesome cabinet and the tape deck. <laughs> so there you go, Brent. We picked a couple of arcade ports. And actually, you know, they weren't they weren't that bad. What So... In, to take this to the house on these arcade ports. Yeah, uh, I'm putting. I'm telling you, when I put this up, I'm putting a big question mark on this because that, when we pick games you haven't played, you can only guess. And I did read bad things about both these games. Yeah, that I've read that Pingo was aside from the music, it flickered real bad, was unplayable. You know, I actually have some Ataris, and so I played this on an Atari with my multi cart, and it, I didn't think it was that bad at all. Uh, I'll be honestly, I think I would play my game way before I'd play yours. But that's just because I don't like that game that much. But, I mean, your game, I like the element of your game that makes it adventurous and fun. And it, the overall makes the game seem bigger than it is. Well, again, I picked mine off of the review that, that called it one of the worst NES games of all time, which is absolute bollocks. I think we can both, Absolute ridiculous. We can both give one bad uh, review to all the jerks that reviewed these games before us and lied. Yes. So right. anyone, anyone doing something like this in the future, watch this show for the true scoop. Now, Aaron, you know what we're not going to lie about. What's that, dude? That is the quality of Retro Rewind. Oh, man. You ain't kidding, brother. <laughs> and let me tell you something. There is no need to worry about a bad port here unless you got one. And if you've got a bad port... You just send that right up to Frank at Retro Rewind, and he's going to fix it for you. You know, this may not come across too well, but the holidays are upon us, right? And so there's still time. Call up Retro Rewind and get that uh, cap kit for the person you love. Uh, you can have uh, Frank ship it out. Put an IOU in the stocking. No one will be none the wiser. They'll be appreciative to get some of that sweet action that Frank can give you. What's he got up there at RetroRewind.ca? He's got uh, replacement parts. Yep. He's got uh, SD solutions. He does. For your Color 64 and for your Coco. That's right, Coco, brother. That's it. Plus, where's he at? He's not in like Bombardway or somewhere. He's in Canada. Right no up the, to our Bombardway Right fans. up the street from uh, West Virginia, just over the border, the friendly confines of Canada. So what's that mean? Cheaper, easier shipping, turnaround times off the charts, and Frank's got a crack staff. They are ready to rock and roll. We saw them in action at Boat Fest last year, and they'll be back this year for Boat Fest, from what I've heard. Excellent. So, another good reason to come down to Boat Fest. Please, we beseech you, give RetroRewind.ca your business, and uh, you will be happy you did, and you will be a return customer, Absolutely. Brent. Now, normally, Brent, you would be grabbing that wheel and making that deal. Oh, no. Get that out of here. No wheel this week. Bad wheel. Because next week, 
is our annual end of the year spectacular. Oh. And by that I mean we sit around uh, and talk about the, the year we've just had. We talk about the games that we liked, the games we didn't like, take some feedback uh, from our fine listeners and viewers, and just have a chill time where we kick back. And I'm sure you'll come up with some uh, wacky uh, goofiness uh, uh, to go along with that. Now, before we take this one to the house, I got a couple things I want to do. I uh, First thing, I, I had a good week this week. I was out Christmas shopping, uh, the brand. All right. And what I picked up, me? I didn't get you Jack because oh. you're a jerk. But I did oh. find some rarities that have something to do with the show. Oh. Get this. This is one you didn't expect you see. A boxed Cosmic Hunter, right, for the Microvision. Remember the Microvision? No. Here, take that out of there. It showed the people the Microvision. The Microvision, one of the original handheld games. I picked it. Funny, I picked the Microvision up at the same place I picked this up. I've never seen a boxed Microvision game in the wild. Yeah, hold that up to the people, Brad. That's actually what the Microvision looks like when you plug that thing in. So this is a cart for the yeah. Microvision. I thought that was, uh, I think that was uh, uh, relevant to the show, but I got something even more relevant. I didn't bring them out here, by the way, but I picked up two Atari 2600 six-switch uh, VCSs with the Telegame Sears branding on them. I got these suckers for 10 bucks each Ooh. locally. Can you believe that? Very good. Yeah, but this right here, when I saw this, I about followed the chair, the Brent. You're, gonna, you're not going to believe this one. All right, you ready for this? This, it's funny how I got good stuff for me. All right, Brent, I'm just going to hand this to you and let you feast your eyes on what that is. Oh. <laughs> A boxed, sealed Night Stalker for the Aquarius. There it is. We covered this on our Aquarius episode. We are living in the age of Aquarius. I, about, I literally fell out of the chair when I saw that. That was, by the way, this stuff all local. Who's gonna Who's gonna have boxed, sealed Aquarius games? Well, me. That's who. Obviously, we will not be opening this one. Yeah. By the way, this was not very good on the Aquarius, but nothing was. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And now I've got one last thing, Brent, because it's Christmas time. Look right here. I didn't want Brent to get left out. I've had my eye on this for a while, so here you go. Merry Christmas to Brent. Look, it's festive video game why, why wrapping. Did you, why did you not tell me we were doing no, this? No, because it's a festive fun. Look at this. I think this is the... Ooh! Yeah, show the people that what that is. It is a Castlevania shadow box. Oh, mm-hmm, yeah. Happy uh, Christmas, the, the Brent. That's pretty good, eh? Not to mention, it's got someone super evil in it like yourself. And you can identify with that guy, the evil guy. I am sort of like a... Uh, uh, the old uh, Belmont from Castlevania. Thank I, you, Aaron. I've never seen those anywhere before, but I came across a couple, and that was the one I thought was the coolest looking. And also, I think you like Castlevania. I so do like it. Castlevania. So there you go. And I know you like NES stuff. So there you go. Merry Christmas to Brent. Very neat. Now listen, I'm going to hold my hands out, close my eyes, and you can put my gift right here. here All right, go. Aaron, I got you a sealed version of Night Stalker on the Aquarius and... Cosmic Hunter. Give me those, you knucklehead. I knew you dropped the ball. There's no love from this guy for Christmas time. What a hoser you are to me, eh? So, next week, uh, the Brent, uh, we will be back with our end of the year spectacular. Uh, we want to thank everyone who turns up every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. 
who uh, watch us record the show, all the people that download our podcast. You know, it's funny people don't know that. I mean, we're a podcast that just does video on the side. You know, most of our jack is on is audio, which we've got a face for radio, as they say. Uh, so, but we we enjoy uh, video. We enjoy having people come over and our YouTube friends. And so, we appreciate everybody for supporting us, supporting the channel. And uh, boy, we sure hope Richard Smith. That's right. We sure hope you, especially him. We hope you have a great uh, holiday. Anyone to give any special messages out for the holiday season? The Brent. Nope. There you go. The old Grinch is back. We'll see y'all next week for our end of the year spectacular. And until then, have a safe and happy holiday, everybody. everybody. Adios. Thanks for joining us today. We really have enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Devin Styles for our vector style graphics and Parkfit for our amazing music. If you'd like to help keep ARG spinning, you can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Dryerlet 17. Laron Garut, Templar Mar, Z9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retroalogy, Air Shack, Texas Fuseballer, Sundown, O'Raw, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, Roushy, Brown, W. Betke, Dave, Velociraptor, Bernhardt Lucas, Steve Rathmason, Anthony Jarvis, Bitter Blitter, Jocko 6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob, Black O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Chris Paul, Richard Smith, Roto, and L. The Slow, Terry Howard, Full of Hope, and Rolo. They all have access to our Discord channel. Their name called out in the credits and visualize in the ending scene. Have an idea for a wheel piece? You can send it to us at argpresents at mail.com.